everyone, and welcome to another episode of 1923 Main Street. Home of the Disney Travel Podcast with the latest Disney travel news. We are your hosts. I am Mike Bellobratic. And I'm Amelia Bellobratic. And today we have some recap news from our trip to Walt Disney World just last week. Yeah, we are just back. And on this trip, what we did here is tested a few things that are very important to every Walt Disney World traveler and you want to know. So we did several tests head-to-head of a few things, and we're going to give you our advice and our findings on what worked, what didn't, what's worth paying for, and what is not, based on our first-hand experience. Yes. Let's start with Genie Plus. Oh, my goodness. Now, let me start with the pricing. This is very interesting because one year ago, Genie Plus was $15. In fact, it was still $15 per person per day in the summer, in August. It's hard to believe Disney Plus has been out for a year. It seems like I just saw I want Fast Passes back. So there's a couple of things to note here. First of all, it's now $29 a day. At least it's been for the last couple of weeks. And that did impact our decisions, but also the testing was very interesting because the parks now compared to a year ago, are much more crowded. So they're basically at what we were used to as full March crowds because we've been going, well, I've been going every March for literally 50 years and Amelia's been going every March for, well, how old are you? How many years? Let's say 14 years, 13 years. So we know what March crowds are like versus other times of the year when we go. So first of all, high price, Genie Plus, busy parks. And the park passes for these parks, especially Magic Kingdom specifically, are selling out, which means that these parks are at full capacity. Plus now, if it's after 2 p.m., people can park hop. So you should expect thousands and thousands of people in these parks. But so, so many people yeah. are still buying these things, so it's not worth it. So we tested not using them. Here's what happened when we didn't use it. So first of all, if you're staying on site at a Disney Resort hotel, which we always do, you now get a 30-minute advance entry into the park. So that's what we tested it against. And we would get to the parks a half an hour before, line up for rope drop, and be among the first in the parks. And let's say on Magic Kingdom Day, how many things did we get through in the first hour or two hours, even three hours? In the first under an hour, we had already hit three big ticket items. And in the first two or three hours, you could definitely hit five to ten rides. Yeah. So yeah, maybe not if, ten. Maybe not ten. I'd say five to eight. If you if you count, especially small words like Dumbo and Small World, because no one's rope dropping those. Yeah, which you leave towards the end. So yeah, in your first two three hours, you can definitely do on average six. Let's say six, being super conservative, six, and we're talking top quality rides here. Yeah, like we hit Space, Big Thunder, Buzz Lightyear, all of that stuff. Mine train was also low if you went right, like all of these kinds of rides. Now, so that was very good. I would definitely say do that. And I will say this has been, it doesn't matter what Disney does. Literally for 50 years, this very easy strategy, get to the park for rope drop and you will get more done in the first two hours than most people will get done all day. I've been saying it forever and it still works to this very day. Now, even if you're staying off-site, Disney only opens Fantasyland and Tomorrowland in Magic Kingdom, let's say, for hotel guests. So even if you're staying off-site, you can still rope drop Frontierland, for example. So Big Thunder, you can rope drop that at nine. So it's not just for hotel guests because 
you can still rope drop it. There are a there is a different rope for hotel guests, but if you run fast enough, you can get ahead. But in that first half hour, you well. can get minimum two rides. Yes. Oh, for sure. Rides. Probably. So you more. will be a jump. So if you're on site, use it. And now, when we used Genie Plus instead, here is the problem. Got up early, you know, the whole rigmarole, paid for Genie Plus. And here's the problem with Genie Plus when the parks are super busy. You go in, let's use the Hollywood Studios day. Yeah. I was there at the split second, you know. As soon as it turned 7 o'clock, I, I refreshed and made a selection. Slinky Dog was our choice. 2.45 p.m., that's what I got. So already... 2.45 p.m. And the problem... It's 7 a.m. right now. <laughs> it's 7 a.m. And the problem is the park opened at 8 that day. So 7.30, 8. The problem is you cannot book another Genie Plus Lightning Lane until the park has been open for two hours. Which means everyone else's first choice they've already got. So we didn't... Like we were comparing. We did not slam the rope drop park this day. We wanted to see which strategy is better. So, and if you want to do both, great. I was going to say, that's the way that you would have to do it is to cross-reference the strategies. But this way... But it's a waste of money is what we're going to say. It's a waste of money. And also, you're in the parks all day long. And who wants to do that? So Exactly. Let's get to that. So 2.45. So now we're going, great. We can't book another one until 10. So we get into the park. 10 o'clock comes. Well, now it's slim pickings, as you would expect, because everybody else has been making their picks for two, three hours. So... And that, there's a lot of rides in Hollywood. That's why we did that. A lot of key rides. So I think we paid we paid our $30 each. And then we only got on, what, four rides? Yeah. Three of them were with it, though. Another ride we did was not even with. Yeah, we did a single rider on Smugglers just because you're sort of stuck. Because by that time, it's too late. All the rides were 90 to 120-minute waits. And... It's just a complete waste of money. And as you, Amelia noted, now I got to stay there till 2.45 just to do that last. The thing I booked at 7 in the morning. Yeah, but the problem is because, yes, it is limited. But if there's 100,000 people in the park, thousands of people also have Genie Plus and are also going. There's not that many rides. So everyone's taking the good spots. So now you're all scattered across the whole day. You have one at 2, one at 7 if you can get it. It's it's just a mess. It's not cohesive like coherent at all yeah and you cannot really do that much so the moral of the story is and here's how we say it plays out so if you go in the summer or any off-season time genie plus costs less and the parks are less busy so it's more worth it right you actually get more out of it you can use it more of a in more of a flow kind of way book yeah. one go on the next go on the next you, we got a lot done that way yeah we've def- we've done that before and it works so now we tested it in full high season doesn't work so our recommendation is do not pay for genie plus right now and the or any high season do the old tried and true get there for rope drop if you're on site Definitely take advantage of that extra half hour. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. And on that note, if you don't want to go in the morning, extra magic hours at night if you're staying on site. Well, we're going to get to that coming up. In fact, let's go right into that now. See, I'm excellent at segues. Our next item to test is free, late, extra magic hours versus the paid Disney after hours ticketed events. So both are going on in our week. Disney after hour paid ticketed events especially if it sells out guess what they're busy <laughs> the ride the ride lines are 30 minutes and things and at least and you know it's crowded 
Yeah, well, Disney advertises low lines, low this. Well, if you sell it to enough people, not so low anymore. So we had another night there in Magic Kingdom where it was open till 1 a.m., the park, uh, 10 till 1. And let me tell you, night and day, free, right? If you're staying on site, it was yeah. free, late extra magic hours. The park was dead. Lit we were walking on Peter Pan's flight, walking on Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I mean, virtually no waits at all. 10 minutes max? Yeah, ten, I think, no, no, no. Our longest wait was 18 minutes for Mine Train, which is usually either paid or at And that hours. was early still. That was at a, like 11.45. Yeah. If you go, when you go till one o'clock, you are literally walking on these rides. Literally, you could walk on any single ride in that park in 20 minutes or less. And that is free. If you want to pay $150, not worth it. So again, check your schedules for when you're going. If there are late extra magic hours in the park you want, do not pay for Disney After Hours. You get nothing except a free ice cream or popcorn. It's super crowded. There's no theming like villains or any of that. It's just in our recommendation, a waste of money because you're going to get frustrated and there's more lines. The free one, easy winner here. So buy yourself a popcorn and walk on the rides. Exactly. <laughs> That's my motto. Which have also gone up immeasurably. Holy cow. Five fifty, I think, for popcorn now. But Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, it was about that. And six something for Mickey sandwich? Yeah. I don't know. It was six twenty five for a Mickey sandwich. But this day, this one day I rope drop and I did extra magic hours. And this was the same day that I actually did four parks one day this trip. But you go to Magic Kingdom, we were the park opened at nine we were gone by like 10 and we'd gotten on three to five rides whatever by the end of the day i had gotten on 10 plus rides paying for nothing yeah because the rope we did the late magic hours happened to be the same yeah. day so not only did amelia do four parks in one day she actually closed it out at her fifth gate by yeah. rounding it out at magic kingdom which rolled into the next day but so. i was on mine train i was on space mountain i was on smugglers run i was on everest all of these rides for free so yeah. Definitely so, consider your free options before paying. So you notice the trend here. When it's busy, don't pay for anything. Just use the extra magic stuff. Now, another interesting thing, uh, sort of an aside that we discovered, mobile ordering. Is it good for guest experience or is it ruining guest experience? There's two sides to this coin. There's two sides. But first of all, Disney has put mobile ordering in to sort of be a convenience for you that you can sort of walk up and get your food. And that is true. And what we wow. found, well, what we found at most quick service restaurants at Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, like across the parks, is that they have two thirds of all kiosks for mobile ordering. And then like one or two for standby ordering. So what happened is, and this was universal, right? At every quick service restaurant, yeah. there was nobody at the mobile ordering, a few people walking up and getting it. So it's great if you're using it and outrageous lines for walk up. Yeah, not just at parks, hotels, same sort so of issue. So there's, re you know, some people don't want to charge everything on a credit card. Some people may not have a credit card. We're from Canada, so we don't want to use credit cards because we get penalized on the exchange. So we have to line up. So is this a good guest experience? No, mobile ordering is actually ruining the guest experience for anybody who wants to just mm -hmm. wait in line and pay cash for food. It's good if you are a credit card holder and you live in the U.S. and that is it, which is interesting because Disney obviously has a lot of international travelers and also youth that don't have credit cards. Yeah, so exactly, kids, you you have to line up, right? 
So unless you have your parents' credit card on your phone, yeah, which, which we do not let Amelia do. All other issues. All right. So that is, to me, a blunder. It's not even equally split. In fact, it should be the opposite. They only need one, one kiosk for mobile orders and let the others line up. They have it reversed, in my opinion, based on what we saw throughout the week at every park. Here's my tip. If you're not mobile ordering, get, and this is, I always did anyway, but it's very important now, get to your lunch by 1130. Or after one. Or after one. Exactly. Do not, if you go at noon or anything around that, you're going to be in at least a half an hour wait. That was our experience. Our first day on travel day. At multiple parks, not just one park. So more mobile ordering, they, you know, it's a great idea, but they've got it backwards. In my opinion, it is ruining guest experience, not enhancing it for all. Right. So it's enhancing it for some, but not for all. So if they reversed how they're doing it, I think it would work better. Because obviously mobile ordering is a good thing. It's just it's not available to all. It's a great thing. It's not available to all. And I feel like they're just prioritizing it a little bit too much. Yeah. Instead of because it's easier for them. Instead of having most of the lines mobile, there should be less because it's faster. You don't need all these cash registers for mobile. And that's how they're doing it. A cosmic raise at where else were we? Backlot, you know. And everywhere. Yeah, Backlot Express. Even like Gasparilla's, Contempo Cafe, same yeah, thing. Same thing everywhere. All right. Our final thing to note, which is very interesting, are wait times. Yes. So we made some pretty good discoveries and we purposefully, I hate lining up. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> I hate long, I will never wait two hours in a line or something. But this time we said, hey, let's start testing out the posted wait times versus your actual wait time. And again, we did this multiple times across multiple parks. And what did we find? Generally, our rule was what? The rule was half the time. Half the time posted was the actual wait time. Um, Or actually what I found in the middle of the day at Magic Kingdom, twice the time for some of the rides. But for the most part, half the time. Yeah. So the posted wait times are not accurate. They're never right. Yeah. Unless you're right. Unless it's the peak period of the day. They're probably the we found it basically half the time is what yeah. we found. If it said thirty five minutes, we were getting through in eighteen. It said twenty minutes, we were getting through in ten. Mm-hmm. Tower of Terror was like eighty minutes. I think we got through in thirty or forty. There was one that said sixty five, and I actually heard in this case someone asked the cast member, "Is it really sixty five? And they said, "No." So if you're in doubt, ask the ask oh, the yeah, cast that, member. That's the same thing. I was going to buzz, and I said twenty five minutes. The line was out the door, down into Tomorrowland, and I asked the cast member, and he was like, "No, this is forty five to an hour." So yeah, so that was an when was that middle of the busy yeah, yeah. <laughs> middle of the day Magic Kingdom. So in our general rules, we say don't wait in lines then anyway. So yeah. we say slam the parks at rope drop, and you can basically leave by noon and go back later. Yeah, or go at night is another good thing because a lot of people yeah, so start I mean, go to peter out in the day. So yeah, we anyway, them. lots of good fun <laughs> of that we tested this week. So we yeah. wanted to pass along those real time tests we did right now. You and see the theming on busy times, what we recommend and what worked for us. Yeah, Don't be afraid to ask cast members. They're there to help. They're often very helpful with tips or just letting you know what's going on. So they can definitely help if you have questions about a ride or the crowd levels or anything like that. All right. So there you go. Our latest tips and updates. And if you have a trip coming up, hope this helps. Thank you for listening. As always, follow along on social media at 1923 Main Street. We will see you again next week and have a magical day. Bye-bye.